Good morning, Boker Tov. It should be a Boker Tov. We should have Besoros Tovos for Klal Yisrael and Hashem. Today we should hear good news. Amen. Welcome back to 10 Minutes of Meaning. Please help yourself to coffee and donuts. A big thank you to our generous sponsor, Shmuel and Esther Shaiwitz, in honor of their parents and their grandchildren. We're very grateful. And as you may know, we are currently running our annual BRS Global Campaign. If you are not a member, but you enjoy davening here, you enjoy the coffee, you're watching or listening wherever you are, wherever you live, an opportunity to show a car satov, go on brsonline.org slash global, and please contribute whatever you can to help and enable us to continue to teach and share Torah. We gave you an extra incentive this year. For $180 to our global campaign, you will be entered into a raffle, two free domestic tickets, flights, two Boca Raton, spend the Shabbos with us here in Boca, and two VIP tickets to Yishai Rebo on April 7th here at PRS. For $180, $360, you get three tickets, $500, you get five tickets, and so on. So show your Hakar uh, Satov, your appreciation, help us teach Torah, and enjoy some sunny Florida, Ishai Rebo, and BRS Live and in person. We are on Perech Vav, chapter 26 of Mesilas Yisharim, the Midah of Kedusha. We don't live for happiness, we live for holiness. Holiness that Amchal has been describing as living with a mindfulness and a consciousness, transforming the entire world into a platform to connect to godliness that no part of ourselves and no part of our life is about us. It's not about our needs, our happiness, our pleasure. It's all about how we can serve Him. We're here on a mission. We're here to repair and redeem His world. We're here to model and teach. We are the Merkava. We are the chariot for godliness in this world. And for many, you know, I don't have that opportunity as much as you do because I operate mostly within the Torah world within the Orthodox world as a rabbi of an Orthodox shul. Of course, I have contact with the outside world, but if you go and you work with the world around, you have the opportunity to be that Merkava, to be that chariot, to be that vehicle, to be that instrument for godliness that people say that's what it means to be a Jew. That's what it means to be a religious Jew. I want a piece of that. I want to learn more about that. I admire that. I'm moved by that. Who is that God? I want to know more about him. Tell me about your family, the impact of living a godly life has on your quality of life, on your meaning and purpose in life, in the relationships of your life. That's what it means to live a life of Kedusha. We don't leave Hashem behind in the shul. We take him with us to work and the gym and the supermarket and wherever we go and how we conduct ourselves. We are elevating his brand. Rabbi Steinman, we said last week, said that, that is, that's the test of a Jew today. Our tachlis, our mission today is to be that Merkava is to be that chariot for elevate the brand. And that's what Chazal, our great rabbis, in Ksubas Daf Kofei, told us, whoever brings a gift to a Tamil Chacham, it's like you are Makriv Bikurim. Why? Why is that Makriv Bikurim? Of course Chazal said, give gifts to Chazal. Of course the rabbis said, give gifts to the rabbis, and it'll be like you offered Bikurim. It's pretty smart, that's why they're the rabbis, right? No. It has nothing to do with self-interest. What they meant is, our greatest tzaddikim tzidkaniyos, the most righteous people, they don't interact with the physical world the way we do. When we drink a coffee, we're having a coffee. When they drink a coffee, they're connecting to Hashem. When they, we eat food, we're fressing, we're stuffing our face. When they eat food, they're transforming the food into a life force, into an experience and a contact and a rendezvous with Hashem. So when you give a gift to a Talmachacham, that they're not going to use at the surface, superficial, material way, but they're going to transform and they're going to elevate into a conduit of ruchnius, of holiness and sanctity. It's like you've brought Bikurim. Bring wine to Tamid Chachamim. It'll be as if you brought Nesachim. Again, was that just a brilliant move of the rabbis to get really expensive good wine? Maybe. 
Nothing wrong with that. Two, 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 three, four, Holly Hawk Trail. Nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't mean the rabbis like me. It means the righteous. It means real tzaddikim and tzidkanios. It means the people who, when they make that l'chaim and they drink that wine, they're not simply enjoying the tannins and the tastes and the fruitiness and whatever they're going to tell you about it. It means that they're tasting the ribbon shalom. This is not because our rabbis enjoy or indulge in food and drink. It's not because they're filling their throats like a glutton. But it says the Ramchal, we're reading now because there are no coincidences in life. So Hashem put us on pace that we'd get to this right Shuma Tetzava and Vayaka Pakude. We're all meant to be that Mikdash. The Mikdash is not just the building, the bricks and the mortar. We are the Mikdash and Hashem dwells in and through us. And therefore, the wine we drink are the nesachim, and the food that we eat can become the korbanos. And our dining room table is the shulchan, and our willingness to compromise and sacrifice in our home is the mizbeach. And the kior, where we wash, is where we leave it all at the door when we come inside. We are that mishkan, we are that mikdash, v'shechanti b'socham, and the Kodesh Baruch Hu dwells in and through us in a mamish k'mikdash v'cham mizbeach. She'ashchin ashor aleim k'mosh ha'is ashor b'mikdash mamish. Kodesh Baruch Hu dwells on us, and it's not the neshama, it's not the neshama. The Mashkiach Rav Dan Segel in his commentary on Mesut Hashem points out, it's not the neshama that becomes the Merkava for Hashem, that is the Mikdash, it's the guf, the body, the lowly animalistic body, when we can regulate it and direct it, we can transform it and elevate it, the guf itself, the body itself becomes this vehicle, this instrument, this conduit. Vina Nikra Vahem, Whatever is brought to them is like a sacrifice in the Mizbeach. And filling their throats is in place of filling of the basins of the Mikdash. Any object in the world that the righteous, that a Torah scholar makes use of, if you are, if you practice Dvekas, Dvekas means Devek, glue, you stick to Hashem. You're clinging to Him always. There's no experience there's no conversation, there's no thought, there's no decision that is independent or apart from Hashem. Everything is filtered through the experienced contact with the divine. So therefore, it means every object. It means every place one goes. It means every interaction, every decision. One is experiencing through godliness, through the divine, through the Rebbe And therefore, that material, physical object merits to be used by the tzaddik because if an ordinary person experienced the coffee, the donut, the chair, the car, so it would just be a mundane object. But when the righteous take that object, now they've transformed that. Now they've had a kavana, they've had a mindfulness in it. Now we understand. We all know the famous story we were taught as children. But we shouldn't leave it behind as a very unsophisticated, immature understanding about how the rocks all argued who gets to lie underneath Yaakov's head. Kershbuch combined them into one. And there are many interpretations and understanding. The 12 rocks, the 12 shvatim, each one claimed it was the accurate, authentic legacy of Yaakov. Hashem combined them as one and said it's only in combination when you are united, when you work together, when you have all separate minyanim, but it's on one campus in one shul, it's only then that you are the true legacy of a Yaakov. But each one wanted the tzaddik. Why? Because if it's a rock that Stama hiker steps on on their hike, 
where they're talking Lashon Hara, where they're looking at the wrong things, where they're thinking the wrong thoughts. So it's just a rock. But if it's a rock that a tzaddik rests his head on and has holy dreams on, it's not a rock. Now it's a holy pillow. Now it's an extension of the tzaddik. The tzaddik has transformed it. And that is our understanding of and our appreciation of the world in which we live. But you can only achieve it. This is the Midah of Kedusha. One can only achieve it when they have the kavana for it, the mindfulness and the presence, and they give that purpose. We mentioned yesterday the parsha shir, that the altar of Kelm says that's why in our parsha we keep repeating the materials to introduce each different garment of the wardrobe of the Kohen, even though it would be much more efficient to say, donate all the materials, and then we'll take them as we need them. Why do you repeat the material as if there's a campaign for the materials associated with each garment? It's a terribly inefficient way to campaign and to allocate and ultimately to prepare and fashion those garments. And the altar of Kelm says, because a person has to have kavana for each and every one. So we're collecting these materials. It's going to be the afoot. It's going to be the me'il. It's going to be each one, the kavana, the mindfulness. And we spoke about the altar says, that's true for all of life. We transform every experience when we have the kavana for it. That's the story of Rabbi Chia, the Gemarang Subas, and why he said, in order to educate the children, I'm going to first plant a sapling, then I'm going to grow it, and then from it I'm going to produce a trap, and then I'm going to catch the animal, then I'm going to shek the animal, then I'll make the cloth, then I'll make the safer, then we'll learn together. Just go on Amazon and order the cloth. Go on Amazon and order the safer. Start learning with the child. It's terribly inefficient to start from the beginning. Elamai, the Kavana Rabbi Chia was, imagine if when I plant the sapling to start a whole process, I already have the Kavana. Imagine. You put in an extra shift at work. You take out an extra client. You work an extra hour. You fly an extra flight because you say, this will give me the money that I can buy the set of Shas Mishnayis that I can learn with my child. And now when you open that safe and you learn with them and it carries the kavana that you had when you extended yourself to do the extra work, to do the extra shift, to take on the extra client, to put in the extra time, it elevates and transforms everything. The kavana of all that we do. Klolosh davar. Oh, we have to stop here. But this is the kavana. This is the level that we could live. It's not easy to live that way 24-7 throughout the day. That's why you're called a tzaddik. That's why it's the last midah of all. It's the end of Mesil Sasharim. It's the midah of Kedusha. To live that level, that kavana, that intent, that mindfulness, that consciousness, to elevate and transform with everything with which we interact, every effort that we exert and that we express. But when a person lives on that level, on that plane, it's another life altogether. Continue in 15 minutes with Living with Emuna. BRSonline.org slash global. 180. It's a no-brainer. Raffle. Two tickets to Florida. Spend Shabbos here at BRS. Two tickets VIP. Meet Yishai Rebo. It's a no-brainer. I'm sure you all already did it while we were doing this year.